Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the UJ Sports Live podcast. It's, uh, appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for today. That's why we have Dane as our technical producer. If without him, this thing would not get off the ground at all. Of course, you're not here to see me or Dane. You're here to listen to Coach Jim Dodden. And uh, I can't tell you how it's, it's Thanksgiving week, and I can't tell you how thankful I am that he does this show with us every week. He has no reason to. He should be enjoying his retirement, not putting up with us idiots. But he comes with on every week, and, uh, and that's why everybody's here. Coach, uh, you were, you're out in Oklahoma, which we're very thankful for. I'm glad you got to go out there and see your family. But you did get a chance to watch the Georgia versus Charleston Southern game. Not as cool as your Oklahoma game, but still a, a good game nonetheless. And I just kind of wanted to get your overall thoughts. Not a whole lot you can take away from it, but uh, give me your thoughts on Georgia versus Charleston Southern as we look back last week. Well, anytime you play a game like that, you, you got to be uh, glad that you got through the game without anybody getting hurt. The, the fact you got to play as many players as we did. I know Kirby uh, reiterated that throughout the week that they owed the, the uh, younger guys owed uh, the older guys and back back and forth to prepare so they could get the game under control and let the let more people play and uh, a very good chance to look at some of these younger guys that haven't actually played much in games but really been practicing all year so uh, future looks bright there I mean you, you everybody talks about who we lose but we got some really good young talent coming up and some even maybe even better talent coming in in certain positions so it's just been, uh, you know, I don't know. You always talk about when you're on the road, good things happen. But uh, let me tell you something. I thought that was good that I was on the road. And <laughs> and uh, we got the uh, Singletary. And uh, from what I understand, Wilson's about to bite too. So uh, if, if that happens, uh, what, what a haul. And I, I noticed uh, somebody told me that you mentioned Travis Hunter might be coming here too, which – I can see that happening. Uh, he's really a great player, so uh, probably as good a player's come out of Georgia in a long time. So I, I just feel like out here I've had a chance to uh, study the game a little bit. And, you know, we uh, it was outstanding running that uh, play on the goal line with Jordan Davis. I love that. <laughs> what an athlete he is. I mean, it's not easy to take the handoff and run that 32 spin like he did. And, uh we did that with a kid up at Marshall named uh, Johnny, and uh, he, he was just awesome. Uh, you know, we, he, he, we did it for about 10 games, and he was like money down there. So maybe we'll see uh, some more of uh, of him against Tech or maybe put Carter in there and run the speed option to him or something. That's whatever you got to do. But uh, we got <laughs> The players like that. Listen, yeah. You're not uh, doing anything but having fun and practice and setting up something like that. And I noticed Stetson on the sideline, from the sideline, was telling them after White didn't make it, hey, let's, you could tell he's telling them, let's go with uh, with Big Jordan. So, But from my perspective, again, it was just a good, solid game from the standpoint of getting it, basically getting it over with. You had to have some good recruits in. And now getting ready uh, with a fresh team to get ready for good old-fashioned hate here with uh, Georgia Tech coming up. And I know Herbie feels like I do. Uh, it's just uh, respect, respect the team, but, you know, got some bad bad taste in my mouth, and I really don't want to talk about it. But uh, how many times we uh, let some things happen to us, and, and some of it's in our control, some of it wasn't, but. I might still be coaching if it uh, hadn't been for those tech games. Uh, who knows? But uh, they, they sure still tap my ass. Hey, Coach, before we get away from the Jordan Davis thing, I have to ask, more impressive, Jordan Davis's touchdown run or Andrew Thomas's touchdown catch for the New York Giants on Monday Night Football? Wow, that was very athletic last night. Uh, I was sitting up in the TV room with my son Todd last night over at my son-in-law's house and I said, hey, they got Andrew Thomas eligible here. They just tackle eligible. They might be throwing a ball to him. Uh, you know, I was using my watch-along team, and uh, they, they sure as heck threw it up there. And I would say both of them just uh, very good athletes, unbelievable uh, the way Andrew's really played. they just playing on a terrible team. I mean, they're Giants are trending downward. And, uh, you know, Jordan, they could see that. 
uh, in the pros and put him in there and like the fridge. I mean, he, he's athletic. He can move around. We got a lot of guys that can do that. You can put, put Jalen, I mean, you can put Walker back there. Trayvon Walker, you can put him back there in the, like we did Charles Grant. I mean, he's in the back. He can do it. But, you know, I hope they don't because it's another thing. Charles Grant got his knee hurt against the tape. I always hate that. Yeah, it seems like a, there's always something that happens in a tech game, and it's, and it's never a good thing. But uh, and it's another game you just want to get through and not see anybody hurt. Uh, going back to this Charleston Southern game, we saw a lot of young guys get in there, and it's tough to draw anything from that. And Coach, you, I mean, you'd be the first to tell us, you don't draw conclusions from basically a glorified scrimmage. So, But I do want to say this is the first time we got to see some of the other Players. I mean, I hadn't really seen Marlon Bean out there. This guy's six foot five, two hundred sixty-five pounds. He looks fantastic. Jonathan Jefferson looks amazing. They're doing what they're supposed to. They're throwing people around. It's uh, again, I'm not going to say they could do that against Alabama or Auburn or you know Clemson, but uh, seeing Terry Ming or Dawkins get in there, seeing Smile Munden, uh, Jamas Johnson, a lot of the uh, those new guys in the secondary, Javon Boyd. A lot of guys got that first taste of uh, or first extensive playing time. Some guys got their some of their first snaps of the year, really. And Kirby Smart cleaned out the benches. We were down so far in the uh, roster, there were numbers that were kind of disappearing. We're like, uh, uh, walk, that, that guy's a walk-on who I'd never even heard of. So it was neat to see all those guys get out there on a pretty day, uh, get some snaps. You know, the, the, their Instagrams filled up with pictures of them, you know, on the field. They, and you got to remember, all their friends back home were like, hey, are you getting in the game? You play this week, you dress it out? And this week they're able to do it but coach i want to ask you this you think about some of these guys that have they they go to film sessions every week and they're never in the film session it's always the guys that are ahead of them but this week you know this past sunday this past monday when they did the film session they're able to look at you know ingram's dog and go all right here's what you did on this play here's what you did on the next play How, how big is that for these kids yeah, I mean, you like to be uh, looked at. And I think uh, it was evident to me last week during practice w- before I left, uh, I went over there for a day just to talk a little, to Kirby about a couple of th- I really, I just wanted to say a couple of things to him about congratulating him on winning the SEC. But he said they were going to work their twos and threes against each other uh, after uh, they did the scout team some, you know, get your team ready, but also give them a chance to have some extra reps where your coaches can evaluate them and they're not worried about the scout team running the play. So it was two offense, two defense, three offense, three defense, and it wasn't Charleston Southern play. So they got in some good reps on doing that, and they got some practice film to, to evaluate and coach those kids up with. So, And that's what happens when you uh, have these bowl games and for us, it'll be playoff games. But uh, during practice, you actually work your starters and you work on the scout team against whether it's Cincinnati or whoever we're going to play. And then you let the other guys essentially have an extra spring practice. Just, hey, get Vandergriff and Beck out there and let them work against Wilson and, uh, I mean, Kamari Lastner, Bullard, and Nylon Green and some of these guys. So it's, it's a good chance to uh, – Keep developing your team. And that's why you hear people like Shane Beamer or uh, Josh Hypo say, hey, we're bowl eligible. They like that because, yeah. you know, because they can have 15 more practices with their team and uh, and get ready to, you know, get have a chance to develop some of these guys. I, that brings up a great example. I think of the first guy I think of when I think bowl practices is Latavius Breeding, playing star for Georgia last year in that first uh, – First time ever in the Peach Bowl. And, yeah, and, trust. and trust because we had some yeah. guys. And then center, center, we had uh, Hill, you know, have the surgery on both legs. And we had. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, and Trey Hill. I saw uh, the, the coach of Cincinnati Bengals' uh, mother uh, lives out here. And, you know, I recommended Trey to them. They were going to probably take him anyhow, but. Uh, they're real happy with what he's doing, you know, uh, just doing a good job for him. So uh, that's good to hear. And they really, really have uh, made tremendous improvement. My, my daughter used to babysit for him, and now he's a head coach in Cincinnati Bengals. So 
but uh, just from my perspective, some people, I mean, I'm still balling it out here. I mean, I went over to Oklahoma yesterday and went through their facility and uh, made some notes to tell uh, Josh Brooks and Kirby about what some of the things they're doing. I mean, we certainly got the cutting edge, but I had a chance to walk around with Coach Switzer. It's named for him, and we couldn't walk over five steps for somebody want to take a picture with him, you know, but I was able to see some uh, of my old friends too and got to see Jordan Hazelwood, spoke to him for a minute and uh, also uh, Caleb Williams, two guys that uh, we recruited at uh, Georgia and both of them good looking kids and I basically told them kind of like I feel about Georgia Tech hey, you got to beat that Oklahoma State this week, I mean <laughs> you talk about some hate week going on there's some of that going on right there I, hey, you've been in both of them. Which one's which one has more hate? I would say, I would say Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, just because. Uh, I, I mean, I, I had some respect for some of those people over there at, at Atlanta, that some of their coaches and everything. I don't know, and I don't disrespect Oklahoma State, but uh, I do remember this story though, recruiting story, and I might. I'm getting so old. I don't know if I told it on our show or not, but. I mentioned it to Switzer yesterday. I said, Coach, you remember that time we had the kid in your office? And he was, and we had a kid in the state of Oklahoma. I'm just telling you, they never if, – if Barry Switzer offered him a scholarship, I mean, it was right now. They took it. You know, they grew up. But this kid was saying, hey, Coach, I'm considering Oklahoma State. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking at them. They got – things are going pretty good. And Pat Jones had them going pretty good. But And Switzer just um, looked at me, pointed at him, said, hey, son, you could go to the moon and stay up there for 50 years and come back and it'd still be the same. We would kick their ass every year for 50 years and we're going to keep doing it. So if you want to go over there and get your ass beat, go on, but we want you here in Oklahoma. <laughs> 50 years for me. He remembered it too. I mean, he, he remembered saying that, but he, uh, uh, another one was, uh, Barry Sanders. We tried to recruit Barry Sanders and didn't get him. And uh, and then you know they had uh, Thomas, the Thurman Thomas, uh, uh, NFL great, and ended up being the College Football Hall of Fame. Got in the same year I did, but uh, he he was uh, he was a great back. And you know, Coach Switzer, the week of the Oklahoma State game, used to always just kind of knock them down. He didn't say anything good about them. I mean. He wouldn't say anything good about Oklahoma State if he, if, if I mean, he just wouldn't do it. I mean, he, you know how coach speak is, hey, talk him up and all. He wouldn't do it, and he would downgrade him more than anything. And uh, so our defensive coach said, "Look, go back there and look at some of the tape, coach. Got a good team. They got Thurman Thomas and all, all these guys." And uh, so he went back and and nobody even heard of Barry Sanders at that time. I mean, he was third team for them. But he was returning punts. So he comes up in the in our uh, uh, staff room. He said, "We'll be okay unless they put Barry Sanders in there and take Thurman Thomas out. They put Barry Sam Sanders in there. They could beat us." <laughs> and we were looking at, him, "Hey, coach, he doesn't even play." Well, you saw what Barry Sanders did after. <laughs> and, uh, so it was. A good, he, he was he was right on with it. Yeah, that's kind of how Kirby feels about Georgia Tech. It's like uh, I uh, beat him for the 50 years. He beat him as a player. He wants to beat him as a coach. Uh, Mark Rick had a good uh, run going there, winning in the at, uh, He's undefeated at, over there. Yeah, so uh, Kirby's not going to let that change. You know, Kirby wants to keep no, going at it. He, he so, knows what it's, what it's all about. He knows but a lot of people don't feel it. And Dane, you could do this. You've been all over the state. A lot of people don't feel that Tech is the you know, a real rival. You know, they're historically a rival, but they're not a rival. And as Coach will tell you, and anybody will tell you, you lose to them once and then find out what is what they're a rival or not. You'll never hear the end of it. I mean, it's not just that one calendar year. They'll keep bringing up the the one time they won in the a decade for ever. Yeah, hey, I'm just gonna tell you is. As bad as I feel about Jasper Saints fumble, I feel even worse about a little Joe fumble because the game's over and we we told him it was going to be a pick and the official didn't even call it. But that was the worst call I've ever seen, that fumble in front of their bench and we recovered it. Game's yeah. over. And then we, we went for two 
earlier in the quarter in May, and Quincy Carter's laying in the end zone, and they didn't count it. So, I mean, uh, hey, I'm not going to revel in that too much. Let's go on and uh, talk about some other things because people don't want to hear this old man cry. I, I do have friends that if Georgia Tech beats Georgia, then Christmas is canceled that year. There's nothing to oh, yeah. celebrate if that happens. No. And, and, and there's another play spoiler, so screw them. Anyway. Uh, 30 point favorite. I, I, have we ever been that much of a favorite? I do not think so. I mean, I was looking back at uh, Patrick Garvin, who keeps up with that stuff historically, put out a uh, graphic on the, our UGA Sports Facebook page, and I was going, to, I mean, he's going way back, and I didn't see anything in the 30s. I mean, there's that's very few that are even in the 20s. Was, that's incredible. I mean, when you think about it, uh, but hey, it's, it's George, your George offense isn't any good. Yeah, but is that one quarterback going to play? Uh, the, the one that played earlier in the year, I know they got a different guy, and is he, still, is he healthy? I haven't even checked. I, well, I'm going to reach out to uh, Kelly Quinlan, the publisher of our uh, Georgia Tech site here, and get all the intel. Do they, have, uh, do they have a site? Yeah, no. they, do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They have a pretty good site. Uh, and I'll, I'll give Kelly Quinlan credit for this. He's a Georgia grad, and he covers uh, Georgia Tech, and he did a – he took that site when it was bad. <laughs> and he does a great job. But it, 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 we've seen this with the Georgia Tech folks. It's just, it's not a rabid fan base at all. And it's shrinking by the year. And you know, we got Jeff Collins over there coaching, and uh, it's just like pulling teeth to get excitement out of that fan base. The, the, and I'm, not just the fan base, but from the students. It's uh, getting tougher and tougher where. Athens is getting more and more rabid. I'm sitting here at Classic City Eats in Watkinsville, and this place is uh, decorated for uh, Christmas and the holidays. The tree behind me has all these bulldogs on it and red and black tinsel and red and black uh, uh, ornaments. Hey, it's it's, it's a, like that all over the place here. And But it's the whole town. It's, the a, whole it's, town. A, it's, a, it's a lifetime experience, yeah. I'm telling you. To, to uh, Fortunately for me, I was able to do it twice, uh, once at Marshall and once at uh, Oh, you, you know, to, to be in the contention for the national championship and all the all the segments of your program and your town and your Bulldog Nation, everybody. I mean, it's something you talk about the rest of your life. So uh, it's just the, the buildup. You know, we got like 40 days left and uh, before the championship and just got to relish it and understand that. Hey, like Kirby keeps talking about, you're going to write these chapters in the book. And uh, just amazing uh, how it goes. I do want to mention our friends over at Dead Sox. We're speaking of the, the holidays and relishing things as they happen. Right now, we, you know, this past weekend, Georgia scored 56 points. So everybody got 50% off their Dead Soxy deal. Um, wow, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, that ended last night at midnight. A dead socks deal for 56 percent off, but they're doing a deal right now that's buy one get one off, get one free. So if you didn't get the 56 percent off, you get the basically the 50 percent off deal. So hit them up, go to deadsoxy.com, check out their website, go to the Georgia, and they have a bunch of new Georgia styles out there. Uh, really like the eight bit uh, number 34 one. Uh, they've done some stuff with our friends over at the seven the seven six apparel company. A lot of new styles, buy one get one free. Can't miss it. Uh, but again, those promos they do don't last forever, so you need to get over to the Dead Sox quick. We've seen a lot of people buy a uh, set for themselves or a set for the family, so hit them up when you get a chance. And I also want to mention our friends over at um, uh, uh, Athens Ford. I'm trying to pull up their site there. The our Athens Ford folks um, are doing their uh, bicycle deal. So for every – through December 15th, so basically you know the next uh, three weeks or so, Everybody who buys a new or pre-owned vehicle out at Athens Ford, the, for, the folks there will give a brand new bicycle to the uh, Salvation Army of Athens, Georgia. And I'm trying to bring up a picture of it there. It is a uh, just row upon row upon row of bikes. And of course, they have a giant Christmas tree, like I was talking about, covered in uh, uh, dog memes, you know, bulldogs and uh, UGA ornaments and all of stuff like that. It's a red and black one. There's little footballs all over it. Great place to go get a, a photo made for your Christmas card if you need it. Just swing out by the board and get in front of that giant uh, UGA-themed Christmas tree they have. But while you're out there, look at some of their new vehicles. Look at some of the pre-owned vehicles. And if you purchase one, they are going to donate a brand-new bicycle to the Salvation Army. So it's uh, a great thing. And there's, trust me, I'm looking at the picture. There's 
tons and tons of bikes out there. There's a reason for that because they sell tons and tons of vehicles. They're actually one of the few lots in the place in Athens that has a lot of vehicles, you know, 300 plus vehicles for you to choose from. Of course, they can order stuff in from their other sites, but if you need a new vehicle, you know, and they get great financing deals with their holiday sales, 0% financing for qualified buyers. Hit up our friends out at Athens Ford. They will take care of you, and you'll do a good thing for a kid in the community. So, all right, Dana, I know we got some a lot of questions that have come in, and uh, there's not a whole lot we can say about Georgia Tech or Charleston Southern because it's just two games you just got to get well, through. I want, there's something I want to say about Georgia because for the last couple of years since I've been a part of this show, Coach Donnan has been Coach Stradamus over there by saying, hey, there's this guy named Jalen Carter. You need to watch out for him. He's one that's going to make a big difference in Georgia, and my goodness has he. And then it was Brock Bowers. you got to check out this Brock Bowers kid. He's going to change you know, Georgia's offense in so many ways. Coach, I'm going to throw my name on, on a younger guy since we're talking about some of these younger guys that have played because from the people that I've talked to uh, and, and the hype that, that can be there for this particular player, uh -oh. Uh -oh. not for this season, but uh -oh. going forward, a name that Georgia fans need to go ahead and know because he's going to play a big role in the offense, it's going to be Jared bad. Wilson. Who's that? Jared Wilson. Oh, he's a good-looking kid. I mean, from North Carolina, yeah. I mean, very good. Yep. I tell you, our, our offensive line for the next couple of years, I mean, goodness gracious, going to be stacked up like cordwood. I mean, just really good players, a lot of competition, and – some of them haven't come along quite as quickly as you'd hope this year, but you got to remember they're freshmen, and I, I, you're asking a lot. But uh, there's just going to be some man mountain deans out there. I'm talking about humongous line, just big. You can't even, you know, if Edwards is behind them in the in the, in the one back set, and you're taking an end zone shot, you can't see him. I mean, you can't you can't see. I mean, they're just going to be that big. So good, Jared Wilson's good. I mean, I know Mac Brown was sick when we got him. He he talked about how in the world you get that kid out of uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina. I mean, he he's good. He he and Willock, we Willock's the one that I told you was going to make it big too. So yeah, uh, we'll see how that works. But but anyhow, let's get some questions. There's a good looking picture of those bikes. Can you still ride a bike, Roddy? Well, as long as it's stationary. No, you know, <laughs> the gym. <laughs> Don't have to worry about it falling over. I, I did want to show folks show them what it's like out there at Athens Ford. So that's I was looking for that picture earlier. I appreciate everybody putting up with me, my limited technical skills there. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not, you know, when you give a your own kid a bicycle, uh, whether it's for birthday or Christmas, just the, it's just a life changing experience for them because they feel like they really got it made now and you know they're really on their own a little bit doing that and see that smile and the and that sense of just uh, really feeling like they're starting to grow up. That's and some kids don't experience that and now uh Athens Ford being able to put that out to them really is a heartwarming thing. Yeah, mobility. The gift of mobility. Love it. So with the questions, uh, about half of them are already talking about Georgia versus Alabama now that that game is meant yeah. to be the SEC championship. Uh, so what we're going to do, Coach, is I, I, I'm going to weave them in and out. This kind of may be a little scrambled, but uh, I want to make sure I get to as many as we can. UGA alum 95 on Twitter asks, he said, uh, in my opinion, the key to the Alabama game for Georgia to win is knocking Bryce Young down. For uh, the question for Coach Donnan, can Georgia get this done without Adam Anderson on the field? Yeah, I don't feel like we've – fortunately for us, we've had three weeks to uh, get get used to that. You know, we've had the practice time and the organization of utilizing different skill sets and working it out. So we'll be able to do that. You know, they've got some issues. You look at the Texas A&M game, they had a lot of sacks. So pressuring him is going to be important, but uh, covering the guys is going to be. But I think the real key in the game is keeping them off the field. I mean, you know, you can do that. Our offense can attack their defense. I mean, Will Anderson's a great player, but uh, we've got to control him. But we'll break it all down next week. But uh, surely we'll, we'll be able to rush the passer uh, very good against this guy. Coach, do you, uh, who, who do you want? I mean, I know you're going to break it down more next week, but we, we asked Kirby Smart about it. He said Channing Tindall's been great at uh, getting pressure on guys and you know, coming in like that. But I, I was going back to what uh, Dane said last week. It seems to me, wouldn't Trayvon Walker be your guy? Just to kind of, uh, he's so big, he can run so well, but 
You know, I, well, what happens there is you explain you that to me. Rob, you rob, rob Peter to pay Paul, though. You're uh, taking okay. you're taking a guy that's a really uh, big part of your front and taking him out. We don't have anybody near as athletic as he is to play okay. that position. We got some some big guys, but he puts the pressure on. One on one on the inside, and with his ability, if you want to get him to the outside, you can stem him and do the twist, and let the uh, okay. guy come inside, and he go and try to beat the tackle. You know, Alabama's had numerous problems with the right tackle position. They tried a couple guys there, and they had trouble last week. Uh, had some sacks against Arkansas. You saw the pressure Arkansas put on them, and you saw the way Arkansas threw the ball on them. Uh, just uh, threw it at will. It was unreal. So uh, I think our pressure will be good. Okay. That, that makes sense. I was like, this seems to me Adam's not there. Hey, move Trayvon over, but then, yeah, now you leave another gap there. So, okay, yeah. I got it. Well, here's what, the other what, thing you got to do in, in getting ready for the game is F-I-D-O, Fido, forget it and drive on. you got to forget about the past. You can't worry about we did this. We had the lead twice. They hit fourth and third and 26, all that stuff. That's immaterial right now, even though it's probably in everybody's mind. You got to look at this is their team. This is our team. How do we beat them? How do we make them lose? We, you know, we got to do our stuff against their stuff. And that's the way you got to go. If you linger in the past and get caught up in that, it's it's an energy it, it deprives you. I mean, you you just you're doing the wrong thing. So, uh, I think it'd be really stupid by any of us to really, although there's a tendency to, to dwell on that. But I can't get into that stuff. I mean, some of these guys weren't even on the team when those things were happening. So, ninety percent of them weren't. Yeah, fortunately for us. A lot of Alabama's players aren't playing that played in those games. So particularly, <laughs> last, particularly last year. Oh God, what a team! Um, the other thing, you can't be so aggressive against Bryce Young and trying to get him to the ground uh, because Alabama gets the ball quick on a lot of occasions. Both uh, Jamison Williams and John Metier are top five in the SEC in yards after the catch, and that's how they do a ton of their damage: is catch the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage and then scoop down the field. Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, most of these are broken plays because the protection breaks down and the guy moves around and then throws it. They, they don't have a lot of rhythm throws except their screens. or uh, And sometimes they'll throw some deep balls where they just go back one, two, three, four, five, and launch it. But, and he's got a good touch on the launch on those. But you got to remember a couple things here. During this season, which is very salient, Florida shut them down for two and a half quarters. They went three and out like four straight times. And uh, that was prior to Florida giving up 42 at the half on Stanford. So you just don't know what to say about what's going on there. But uh, I, I was going to ask you about it. Don't worry. When we get through our, our, customer, our reader questions, I'm going to ask you a little about Florida and some of the other openings. Yeah. Have they changed coaches yet? <laughs> it's coming pretty fast. Things don't things don't get out of here very fast. Yeah, I mean, you always hate it for coach to lose a job, and you know, unbelievable. He got an extension this spring, uh, and just the way they've gone south so quickly. But it was a it was a uh, train wreck. I mean, you just look yeah. at the way they played, and I couldn't believe at the end of that game. I was watching it; they had a minute to go, and they didn't even try to score. Maybe. Ran I mean, out. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't take a knee. They had the. Punt. I mean, it's a, they ran the first play was a looked like something they ran at Mississippi State in practice one time and uh, drew it in the dirt and then they, which, which is a wide sweep and then they ran a the quarterback keep and then it was. I was being hey, figurative. I was being figurative there, but I'm just saying it's like there was no urgency, no aggressiveness, it's, and I think that's what soured a lot of people on him. They will bring him up and and then he go for two. I mean, Drinkowitz uh, goes for two and make it. And it just, you knew it was going to happen based on the way the karma was happening for Florida. It just, that was good, right? Looked like they had him. And then he just threw it in the, threw it in there. But hey, what do we got next here, Dane? Let's don't talk about Florida. 
Well, I did want to, the thing that made me chuckle when Scott Strickland was talking to reporters on Sunday and he mentioned, you know, you hate to miss with someone's livelihood, talking about firing Dan Mullen. And I'm thinking, miss with his livelihood, you have to pay him $6 million over the next 60 days and then a million dollars a year after that. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's, <laughs> but, you know, professionally, Fire though, it's, you know, it's hard to get a, another job even c- close to that after you get let go, regardless of the reasons. So, uh, I think the guy's got to worry a little bit, Scott Scott Strickland. I mean, he's the guy that hired him. Uh, he he wasn't able to hire his first couple of choices, and uh, you know, is the president going to say, "Look, this is your one man committee," or, or "Look, you've got to clear this through us," or is Steve Spurrier going to name the coach? Or I mean, hey, who's going to be involved? So, uh, I would say if anybody down there is on tenuous ground right now, be the athletic director as well, because. Moving forward, those Gator fans have got to think, you know, we're uh, like 0 for 4 on the last four coaches. I mean, uh, Muschamp really got them close, too. I mean, you look at the way all of them. I mean, Muschamp was in one play playing for the national championship. McElwain's in the SEC East champion playing every year. And now this guy was in three uh, in uh, New, York, New Year's Day bowl games. So, I mean – Man, uh, but the big problem for them, you want me to tell you what the big problem for Florida is? I'm going to give you two words. Kirby Smart. (laughs) That's fair. And if I'm a coach looking at that job and I'm thinking I got a chance, you know, like Billy Napier, I mean, he's a heck of a coach. He's been offered – uh, you know, for sure he's offered Mississippi State. I don't know if he's offered Auburn or not. But, uh, hey, you got a chance to go to Florida or Arizona State. Get your ass out to Arizona State. I mean, Florida's a good job. But, I mean, look who you got to beat. and Look where you are recruiting-wise right now. Look at their talent base. Their talent's going down. A uh, quick comment here from Lump Dog says, I never get to watch this show live because I'm teaching, uh, but I'm off this entire week, so I'm just dropping by to say thanks for the show. And, Coach, your insight is greatly appreciated. Thanks, Lump. I appreciate it. I'm glad to uh, got a chance to take a few days off and get ready for the tech game. Uh, we always uh, appreciate our educators, too. Speaking of, Coach, you, you talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, and I, we don't have to dwell on it, but um, five points, dog. Uh, is discussing how uh, some of the games you had against Georgia Tech when you were Georgia's coach, if a couple calls go differently, it just could change the course of some history. And so his question at the beginning of this is, how much does uh, Coach Donnan dislike Al Ford, who was a referee in one of those games? You know, I really don't dislike Al Ford because I, I think he's a very good referee. He was the guy in charge. He didn't make he didn't make the call on Jasper Saints. The guy in the end zone, the umpire made the call. And, the, you know, he said, I think it's a fumble. And then they talked about it. And uh, But the guy in the end zone was a Florida dad. He never liked George anyhow. So if it was up and if it was a 50-50, it was going to be their ball. So uh, I dislike him. I don't even know. He might, He's probably dead now, but I don't like him. But And then the commissioner. We can hope. The commissioner uh, ended up, as soon as the game was over, they were supposed to, that crew was supposed to do the SEC championship game the next week. And. He suspended him. I mean, the commissioner was chapped, I mean, along with everybody else. But, uh, you know, we should have kicked the field goal a little bit earlier. But the week before, we had missed one very close against um, Ole Miss. And, hey, you can look back at a lot of that stuff here. But, uh, like I said, the the call against Little Joe was even worse two years before that. It It was really bad. I do still miss, though, Charles Grant getting the ball. Love watching that guy get it. Yeah. I hate that he got hurt, but I mean, yeah. anybody saying, hey, he got hurt any play. And the guy ended up having a great career for the Saints, yeah. and uh, it was too bad. But uh, he really gave you a hammer yeah. and tong guy back there. He could pick up pick up short yardage and kind of like uh, Jordan Davis. But, you know, he, he, was, he, he like was within one touchdown of Herschel's record for most touchdowns in high school playing tailback, you know. And, uh, Unreal. That was, a, that was a good, uh, a good, good move using him back there in the running backs. So. 
question from Billy Zane says, the fact that Georgia does not have anyone that stands out statistically on offense, is that a function of Todd Munkin's scheme, or is it because Georgia doesn't have any, quote, go-to guys? There are several factors. There's one, we never play the fourth quarter. Nobody's ever in the game in the fourth. Some of them aren't even in the third quarter. And an unbelievable amount of injuries. I mean, you just chronicle all year long. You got your first and second receiver, a freshman, or red shirt, and yeah. then you know one thing after another all year long, and then you've got a a, a a lot of riches there. All your backs, all four backs, could play first team for a lot of teams. Uh, you both, all three tight ends are very good. Uh, so it's it's more of uh, not playing. Uh, many plays. We run 50, 55 plays a game. That's about what we run. So uh, we started to have a lot of stats there. But our average per play, our explosive plays are right up there with anybody in the country. And like I said, for the Tennessee game, you're getting ready to see Stet the Jet on the move. You're going to see him, maybe not a lot in this game, but uh, next Saturday in Atlanta. You're going to see him moving around there. I promise you that. And we got JT ready, too. He looks good. And that's the thing, guys. I, I remember when you had Fromm and Eason back there, and, you know, Fromm comes in, and everybody knows that he is. Don't talk about the pass. Let's don't talk about it. I'm just, I'm just I'm talking just, about when, when he had – Go ahead. Do yeah, it. He, he didn't have the opportunity. We, we knew he could run, but we never saw him run. But then the week that Eason was healthy is against Tennessee. They let Fromm keep the ball all over the damn place. It was great. He's taken off. And Justin Fields in the stand going, oh, oh, they do let the quarterback run it. And it was just it was a just complete change in the – I should say complete change. But to me, it felt completely different because I remember him scoring from about five, seven yards out. And it's like, there's that threat to run. But, again, they didn't do it until Eason was ready to come back. And then once they had a second healthy quarterback, which is kind of you know what you've been missing this year – now it's like, hey, instead of having a quarterback controversy, you got a quarterback blessing. You got two guys that can go. So I'm with you, coach. I'm excited. I want to see what Stetson can do. And if you know, if uh, you need to bring in a change of pace guy, you got uh, a healthy JT Daniels. Uh, let's go. I mean, I, I'm more excited about this Alabama game than I've been in a, 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 for a game in a long time. I want to see how this is going to play out. Hey, everybody's got to be. I mean, this James Brown, man. Yeah, uh, I'm also excited about something else. So. Uh, want to let our friends know that if you are in town, you know, if you're not going to Atlanta to watch the game and you want to watch it from someplace cool, swing by Academia Brewing Company. They have a really cool new beer out there. It's called the Irons. And this is a, uh, a crisp premium lager. Uh, it's made to support the men and women of the fire departments. So if you actually go out there and try it, you know, it's you're actually helping out the men and women in the fire departments. Um, it, the uh, a portion of every sale of the Irons goes to the Georgia Fallen Firefighter Foundation. Take me a minute and say it, but it's the Georgia Fallen Firefighter Foundation and the Tim Watson Memorial Foundation. Now, we had a bunch of people who actually tried this beer. I mentioned it on the Twitter yesterday. A bunch of people actually gone out to academia. They bought it. They liked it. One guy's like, hey, look, I took home a six-pack of it. This is great stuff. So there is a good beer, a, a, excuse me, a good uh, charity opportunity for folks that want to go out to uh, – Academy Brewing Company, watch the game this Saturday. Go to the beer and brisket uh, thing on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, go, hey, go to Trivia Tuesday tonight. Go to live music on, uh, you know, normally on Thursday. They're not going to do this Thursday because it'll be Thanksgiving. But they always have great stuff up there. But this time, you, you know, of all their great beers, they also have one that now actually donates to the Georgia Fallen Firefighter Foundation and the Tim Watson Memorial Foundation. It's called the Irons. It's got a great graphic on it. You need to check it out uh, when you get a chance. Also, uh, I know everyone's thinking about uh, Thanksgiving on Thursday and uh, your, your turkeys and all your uh, dressings and your, your cobblers and all the stuff you're going to have at your big meal. But you also got to eat tomorrow. You got to eat today. You got to eat on Friday. You know, uh, maybe you're by Saturday, Saturday rolls around, you're a little tired of turkey or ham or something like that. Tired of leftovers. Hit up our friends at your pie. There's a ton of locations, like 70 of them. Uh, you can order your stuff today and get double points. They have all kinds of crazy points deals throughout the week because they're very thankful for the support they've gotten from the Georgia community, from all the communities they're in. Hit up our friends at uh, Your Pie. They will take care of you. Use the app. 
get double points on Tuesday. You can order your stuff for later in the week today if you want to and try out all their new pizzas and uh, uh, custom pizzas and salads and gelato and all the fantastic stuff they have there. Uh, big fan of that um, Nono's Italian sandwich. Try that one. You'll really like it. Right, all right, last, last 10 minutes of the show. We'll kind of go some rapid fire here, so let's try to keep some answers uh, tight and brief. Rock C82, how important is it to have a solid outing on offense, defense, and special teams this week heading into the SEC championship game against Alabama, and what areas should the team be focused on to ensure the Bulldogs are clicking on all cylinders as they head into the championship run? Well, it certainly would be great if we're not going to uh, fire anybody if we don't. I mean, uh, I'm not trying to be a smart ass about it, but I'm just saying you really would like to get have the momentum and the confidence and eliminate any doubt and anything. But I think uh, it was great to see Don Blaylock back out there last week. Uh, you know, you see him playing, and then you got a guy like uh, hopefully uh, Pickens might be coming back. So uh, we'll see how it all rolls out. But uh, – Certainly, you you always listen to Kirby, and uh, I listen to him too. He said we want to play up to our standard, we want to play up to our potential, and that's why you, you look at your way you grade your team, uh, not so much what you did to the other team, but how did we do with what we were supposed to do? You know, how, did we execute what we were coached to do? And that's what you want to do going into this game. Uh, you mentioned George Pickens. Daniel McClendon on YouTube, how big of a role would George P Pickens realistically play in the postseason? Well, I'm just going to say this without reservation. Georgia becomes – if you can use different kind of parallels here, and I don't know how to say it more succinctly, if you were a D team – you would be a B team with wow. George Pickens. If you were a B team, you would be an A team. If you were an A team, you would be an A plus plus team. Let me just tell you why. He's he's out there. He's out there at, at, at the split end position, and the other coach, the head coach, the defensive coordinator, the secondary coach, are in the fetal position. <laughs> because you know that on any in any play that this guy can burn you. So just the threat of him being out there and knowing what he's capable of is worth I can't even tell you how much. But then to see him go on and do it like he did against Baylor, like he's done so many times, it's just a real comforting thing on our side to know that if all things are equal, we got George Pickens. Nobody else has got a George Pickens right now that I see. That we, I mean, except Ohio State, they got a couple guys. But George Pickens to our team is like gravy to dressing. I mean, he's going to be, whoo, you talk about making my mouth water. And the kid deserves it. But yeah. uh, he's a – He's as good a player as there is in the country at his position. And so I can't say it anymore about what he does for our team. And the other thing is the pressure he puts on the defense. To, are we going to double cover him? If we double cover him and you still can't cover him, then who's going to cover Bowers? Are you going to put battle number four on on him one-on-one -on -one, like you did Wiedemeyer for uh, Texas A&M? And he just runs down the field and goes for a touchdown without any help over the top. I mean, that that just presents a serious, serious problem for everybody we play. Does he come in rusty? Because we we hear this about quarterbacks coming in. You know, he needs some time to get get his rhythm back to get stuff like that. You know, they, Listen, they, they, they brought Kyrus back a little bit. They brought Dom, just baby steps. You just put him out there and go, go crazy. They've been They bring, I don't know exactly what all they've been doing. This guy came out of the womb catching passes. <laughs> he, he, he is going to be rusty. He, he's going to be, he's going to, he just, I don't know what else I can say. I mean, no, that's that's it. I just, but I was curious because 
that that's the fear. You know, they're like, well, if you bring it back, well, that was, you know, that was more distraction. You know, or not a not not distraction. What do you call it? Uh, when you bring somebody in and he he basically makes the defense focus on him, but you're really not going to use him. You know, kind of like they did uh, Waddle when they brought him back. Decoy, thank you. Yeah. He's not going to be any decoy. And the okay. reason they waited so long, if you got these tests, you hear Kirby talking about you got different oh, yeah. tests that he has to go. Structurally, his knee has been cleared, but you got to get the rest of your leg, your hamstrings, uh, all the other things have to get stronger because you haven't used them, you know, uh, for the last eight months in a stressful situation. Now, you've been rehabbing them, but so that's why they're extra careful. And that's why they were with Dom. It just His hamstring didn't come along. Uh, as good because he had two ACLs on the same leg, but uh, I just feel, I mean, I feel good about it. I don't know what else I could say about it. That's funny. You just got bunkered with the question why did Georgia trot Warren Erickson back out as the starter after the way that Trust played against Tennessee? Erickson looked like he struggled against Charleston Southern with uh, pass protection. I just think Erickson's a guy that has been the starter. He he wasn't replaced, but he, he did have a bad play. But he wasn't replaced for that. He had the flu, and he knows what to do. And we're a cohesive team with him in there. Uh, he's going to get beaten some. Everybody is, but trust makes some mistakes too. He just looks bigger and he looks better athletically, and so everybody just assumes that he's he grades out better. But I don't really know what the situation is. But he's going to he's going to be a, a guy that we're going to look at all year and see how uh, how he does but he does a lot of good things too because he he knows exactly what to do you know i mean he's gonna make he's not gonna ever make a mental error and you can't have that from what i understand trust has made some mental errors that were very costly to us and trust also hadn't i mean we finally got to speak to him earlier in the week and uh, he mentioned that you know this earlier last week he's like i haven't played guard a whole lot you know, right. so I'm, I'm high on trust too. Don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. I just feel like the coach, Coach Luke knows what he wants there. And Coach, uh, ultimately, uh, the coordinator, Munkin, you know, is going to make that call too, along with Kirby. So uh, fans have a tendency to, and nothing wrong with this guy's question, we have a tendency to point out what they do wrong a lot more than what they do right. So, speaking okay, of what we got. Question from DVD Dog. Uh, why has Coach Munkin not called for the Darnell Washington red zone fade route yet? Rhetorical question. When do we play Alabama? <laughs> I, think uh, been, I, think been, I think it's been in his hip pocket. I think it's something they got, and they do it all the time, and uh, it, it, we'll see it, just like we hadn't seen the, much of the Wildcat. We, we got a good Wildcat package. We hadn't shown – I mean uh, – I'm just telling you, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a team have as much in their repertoire as our guys do, and know it too. I mean, we we got everything, you know. I mean, you could just we we got it all. We, we'll see some new, something new every week. This may be a little relitigation, but I'll ask it from Mamba Anderson. It says if Stetson gives Georgia the best chance to win at the moment over a healthy JT, then why was Stetson not the best option coming out of spring, summer, and fall camp? Well, it's not if he is based on way our team is what they've shown. That's the decision the coaches have made. I mean, they they've gone with this guy, knowing that the other guy was up. And so that, that's the if side. I think more than anything, our team w- was looking at the fact that our offense was going to be geared toward the pro style, uh, with JT being the first team quarterback. We felt like Beck gave him another pro style guy, and. Uh, Vandergriff was going to learn it. So you got three guys that are entirely different than Stetson. So they worked those people, figuring that that's going to be the system and JT was going to be okay. Then when when JT got hurt, uh, Beck didn't perform like they thought he, thought he would in practice, and they knew they had a given in, uh, in Stetson. So uh, that's why they did it, I think. Also, I think that was going to be quick on that. Also, thinking you're basing that – Pro style, as Coach said, on having pro style receivers. You know, you're thinking you're going to have a Don Blake, you're going to have a, a George Pickens, you're going to have a Jermaine Burton, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint. You didn't have all those guys, right? You know? So, so you don't have the pass protection you thought you might have. You don't have the receivers you might have. So, 
you got to coach with what you got. So in spring and the first part of fall, you thought you had more than you did, and then everybody got hurt, So including your quarterback. So they had to switch styles. From Go Dogs 1371, I'd like to hear Coach Donnan talk about his journey from coaching the Wishbone at Oklahoma to coaching more traditional pro set at Marshall and at Georgia. And if there's anything in his background that made those more of a seamless transition, uh, it seems that coaches are now more or less labeled into one certain style of offense. And he's wondering if in the previous generation, people didn't specialize quite as much. Yeah, I think he makes a good point. You, you good usually question. have you – have, uh, something that's really your, your meat and potatoes and your style. And from my standpoint, the reason I got hired at uh, Oklahoma was they had Troy Aikman and we had beaten Oklahoma two times at Missouri and they wanted to transition to more of a passing offense with Keith Jackson and some of those guys. And then kind of like what happened to coach uh, Munkin, Troy, Troy broke his leg and the only quarterbacks we had in our situation where wishbone type guys so i had to learn a lot about the wishbone there very quickly we we practiced because we worked with uh, our second team you know as a backup but um and then i carried a lot of those option principles with me in the marshal but reflected back on what our team could do we had a pro style quarterback so most coaches that i know that do their job and know what to do can go in there and the next day run any system that you got. I mean, the only thing you got to do is change your ability to teach technique and stuff like that that are salient to the offense, but way overrated on, hey, well, you can do this and do that. I mean, hey, I could go back and coach a secondary tomorrow, but I don't know if they'd be worth a shit. I can do that. <laughs> Uh, we had a lot more questions about Georgia and Alabama. We're going to save a lot of those uh, for next week and then take new ones as well as we prep for the SEC championship game. Uh, do remind people that we have Georgia versus Georgia Tech. The watch along show, Coach Donnan, you'll be back in Athens for that. So we'll all be back together again uh, for Georgia and Georgia Tech. The watch along show on our uh, UGA Sports YouTube and Facebook pages. That'll start around 11.50 Eastern time. Right, and I, I would just I would reiterate what I said earlier. If anybody wasn't listening, that hey, let's enjoy the enjoy this ride right now. Uh, think about what kind of kids we got. Think about dogs for pups. I mean, uh, the, these people out here were asking me about it. You know, a guy in the administration said, "Well, I read about that. What you what your players are doing in the community? That's unbelievable. Uh, what a good job they're doing raising money and giving away coats and." helping those kids with computers. I mean, th that stuff is nationwide. People read about it. And uh, my, my son-in-law always gets on me for saying this, but you can't win with bums. You got to have good guys. You got to have good kids. And it's pretty obvious watching our kids hang around for Jordan Davis playing in front of that red coat band. I tell you a big thrill for me after the, uh, game down there in Tampa when we wore the black pants and just pulverized Wisconsin was asked me to lead the red coat band. I enjoyed the heck out of it because I know how much they practice and the way they work. And that was, that was awesome to see Jordan up there like that. I was there. I remember standing behind you taking pictures of you. I was doing, I had a pretty good beat to me, didn't I? You, you did. I mean, it wasn't your first rodeo. I could tell you that you were, you were a music lover. Yeah, I love music. I love it. I've also ridden a car with you. I know you're a music lover because you can sing. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do that here. But hey, hey, everybody, get hey, ready. Along, you will. Everybody, watch the watch along. We're going to have a good crowd for uh, the tech game, and uh, hopefully, we can mash them. What do you think about uh, Alabama having to play Auburn while Georgia's playing Georgia Tech? I think that's uh, another look, thing to kind of. It's a little tougher game, but Auburn uh, just can't match up with Alabama's offense. I mean, they just—they're just too soft. Uh, they can't get a pass rush. They can't cover. I mean, uh, they—they're going to have a hard time. And then they don't have Bo Nix. Uh, I was really surprised they didn't run the ball more against South Carolina. But uh, I guess uh, got so many carries after twenty tank can't carry it, so they don't let him do it. 
I am thankful that the Egg Bowl is back on Thanksgiving where it belongs after a few years on Saturdays. Uh, that is my favorite college football game of the year is Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. It's just going to be so much fun on Thanksgiving night. The only thing I hate about that game, I wish they would do one thing, is just put an over-under of, of a 1,000 on how many times they will show Lane Kiffin on the sideline and a 1,000 on how many times they'll show Leach. Let's watch the game. Yeah, we need, we're talking about prop bets with our boy Jed May who's on his way to a casino today. We need to get that prop bet put in there. But I'm with you. Uh, some of the times when they're showing the fans and the coaches, it's like, look, show me the game. I want to see – I'm with you, Coach. I want to see the, the uh, alignment, you know, and see how they're lining up. Show us the football game. Yeah, I mean, I those, two guys are, those two guys aren't going to play one down. But, uh, yeah, but they've they're done a good awesome. job. They've done a good job. And uh, I think the one thing that I would say again – which I said on the our uh, around the league, the fact that A and M everybody's talking about them, but A and M lost three games in this year to, to to three teams that are in their second year with a coach: Arkansas, Mississippi, and Mississippi State, and they've had a head start on them. So uh, I don't know that um, Texas A and M's that far ahead of any of those three teams. Uh, who is the well? How much will there be speculation about, that, well, you know, Lane Kiffin still be Ole Miss? I'm sure they're going to talk about that nonstop. Yeah, I mean, they'll be talking about that throughout the show. Is that is Lane going to use to LSU? Is he going to Florida? I mean, is he going to Miami? That's not open yet, but um, you got to think he's going to look hard at leaving because I don't know if he can do anything else. I mean, he's probably hit the hit the tops there if he wins 10 games which, which brings me back to that i want to go back to florida real quick before we uh, wrap up the show coach you, we, you talked about how the you know will muschamp got him so far mcelwain got him so far uh dan mullen got him so far is it if you're a top coach and you know you've got a great recruiting base there you've got a huge university but it's, it's like unless i win a title against kirby smart and nick saban i, I got a four-year deal I, i'm out it, it almost seems it, as quick as they are to pull the trigger on some of these guys and get it. Some of these guys, they didn't work out. I, I understand that, but do you like, I'm with you. It's like, maybe I take Virginia tech. Maybe I look at Arizona state. Maybe I, it almost feels like a no win situation. And the same at all right. this, you know, when they got rid of, well, I think it was, it was a Tuberville. It was like, look, you're winning more here than anybody's ever won, but it's not enough. And you get rid of them. And it's like, unless you're perfect, there's no point in going there. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at who your boss is, the president, the athletic director. They do, they're coming out of the dark ages on facilities. I mean, they've had some facilities there that, that are the same as when Steve Spurrier played. I mean, uh, they, they, they're worse facilities. I mean, you, you can't even imagine how bad they are. And uh, they have to walk like, uh, I'm not, I don't feel sorry for them, but they have to walk a long way just to the practice field. Now this new building is going to be on the practice field. And uh, so, uh, but it's a good job. You know, Bear Bryant once said, if they ever get anybody in there at Florida, they can coach everybody else will be playing for second. And uh, that's what happened when Spurrier got there and Urban did it. But I don't know if there's anybody out there like those two. And the problem is, like I said, two words. I'll say three words. Kirby Paul Smart. <laughs> okay, I was about to look. Can we have to bleep him here? You, you know he's serious when he drops the middle name. Yeah, absolutely. You thought you I was going to say Kirby. Uh, I, I did. Bleep I, and smart. Kirby bleep and smart is what I'm he was like, going to say. Do we have a, do we have a, a bleep button on here? I'm looking at my laptop trying to find one. I wouldn't use I, it if we did. No, I wouldn't either. Hey, that's, that's why it's our show. We can do what we want. All right, anyway, speaking of, that's the end of the show, folks. Uh, be, be sure to send in more of your questions. We'll talk a lot more about Alabama next week. We'll be uh, wrapping up the win over Georgia Tech. Hopefully, we'll be talking about the fact that no one got injured. That's the number one thing going into this weekend. You want to be sure you get out of there healthy. Uh, we'll be able to break it down. And, of course, be sure to tune into Around the League later in the week. And, of, of course, be watching the watch-along show. Check with us about 11.50 on this channel, on, on Facebook and uh, Twitter as well. And we will do the watch long show with Coach John, and he'll be back refreshed from his trip uh, out to see his family in Oklahoma. He'll be back with hey. us. And a shout out to Russ Tanner for doing a good job filling in last week. He was quite funny. Hey, Russ. 
he, he did a great job. So especially short notice, I, I waited till late in the week to reach out to him and he dropped what he was doing and came and joined us. And I really appreciate that. So anyway, we will see you folks next week or we'll see. Well, yeah, let, later me just point out, let me just point out one thing. Hey, when you got a Thanksgiving and everybody's together and all, Hey, don't be in a hurry. Uh, take your time and relish it. Enjoy everybody because you never know what's going to happen. So uh, take Amen. Hey, be thankful for everybody. But hey, it's not a it's not a big rush. There's nothing more important than the people that you're going to be around that day. And give them some time and get off your damn phone and get with it and, and relish the fact that that you got a family that that loves you. 